Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Marketing Ops Confessions. I'm so glad you're here with us today. And I have an amazing guest, and she's also one of my very dear friends. I've known her for a long time, so I'm just so excited to have her on, Doreen Arise from Reciprocity. Hi, Doreen. Hi, guys. I'm super excited, Hannah. <laughs> Yay, me too. So we have lots to talk about today. Um, if you didn't see my LinkedIn post this morning, <laughs> I, I shared a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. And Doreen and I, I think just because we've known each other for a long time, it's easier for us to kind of like get a little bit deeper in conversations. And we sort of were like, we never talk about the human side of things um, enough. Like sometimes you see it and then it's just sort of ignored. So that's what we'll kind of be diving into today and bring your questions. We'll also be talking about, you know, going from, well, in Doreen's case, going from in-house to consulting to in-house again. Um, so for those of you out there that are really kind of like struggling with, wow, like, should I go in-house? Should I go consulting? you've got the perfect person here that has been on both sides of the fence and you can ask all the questions you want. Um, okay. So before we dive in, if, uh, if just as a reminder, leverage the chat, I see a few of you are already doing that. Yes. Great. Tell us where you're from, share your LinkedIn. Um, also feel free to ask questions or, um, you know, agree with emojis, whatever you want. Um, and then there is a questions tab as well. So you can submit questions for Jareen there and we will try to capture them either like mid conversation or towards the end. Um, yes, Mops Pro Legend is absolutely right, Michael. That is what Jareen is. <laughs> um, okay, so we do have an incentive that we send out uh, every week. Uh, for attendees just as a thank you and um, you know hopefully you can come back and enjoy so please give us a little bit of time but we'll get those out to you after our session with that I am going to take this down if I can here we go okay <laughs> um, and yes so I'm I'm so excited so we have Jarena Rice she's senior marketing operations manager at reciprocity and um, as I said, Doreen and I have actually worked together in um, at several different companies when we were both agency side. Um, so we've kind of been in the trenches together. We've got a few, you know, battle battle wounds, or as they say, <laughs> we earned our badges. We earned yes, our badges. we. I like that better. We earned our badges together, um, and I just really admire her and and look up to to her and what she's doing. So, welcome. Um, I would love maybe if you could just kind of start off by telling everybody, you know, how you got into your current role, your journey, and why you chose to go this route. Um, and later we'll kind of talk about, or afterwards, we'll talk about like the pros and the cons of in-house versus consulting, but maybe if we just kind of stick to like that journey and what it looked like first. Sure. Sure. So I'm like, where to start with that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been doing mops for a, a long time. And as you know, I had been doing it um, agency side for, I want to say nine and a half years, right around there, um, almost a whole decade uh, with it. Um, and I got to a point, you know, where I was thinking, you know, I, some of the tools, I, I wasn't like, wasn't doing, using the tools of some of the tools that I wanted to anymore. Like I was, I find myself like with certain clients, they used a certain set and I, and my getting to my old age, I'm like, ah, I don't want to work in that one anymore. I want to, I want to work in this one. I want to work I'm, in this program. I'm sorry, your old age. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> I will admit, <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah. And so, you know, it got to the point where I was doing that. And I also realized too, that, um, you know, as a mom, my, my kids are growing up and, um, they didn't need me as much anymore, which is a little bit of a sadness, but it also freed up a little bit more of my time. I didn't need the, the, you know, the flexibility that came with consulting. And so I decided I wanted to go back in house. Um, now that has been actually reinvigorating for me because there are a lot of things that I hadn't been doing, you know, obviously um, 
just because I had been a contractor for for a very long time. So it was it was really nice to come into a, a company where it was just it, such an embracing atmosphere. You know, I, I really lucked out with a company that I ended up landing with. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I ended up there. Love it. And so what are some of the things you mentioned um, you're getting to do some of the things you didn't or you used to do and you kind of missed out on those with consulting? Like what are those areas that you're kind of digging deeper into now? I think it's working with like different teams, right? So uh, yeah, I got to do that with consulting, but if you will, there's a bit of uh, the role that's being removed, right? So I don't have to go ahead and coordinate with sales as much as with marketing as much or customer experience as much or engineering product. So it's actually being able to, to work a lot closer with those groups and, and manage that. Um, also be closer with, um, with who I'm actually serving, right? So as a consultant, there's a bit of that that's a little bit removed. So, you know, I've always prided myself in being able to work with friends, which is awesome. I've found a new group of friends where, you know, we're all learning from each other. You know, me, when I came into this role, uh, nobody had been in MOPS uh, previously. So it's, it's really fun to be able to share that knowledge with the team and then learn from them as well. Something that, you know, I'm learning something new. I'm learning more RevOps now, which is something that I made a conscious decision to move into um, because I'd been doing MOPS focus for so long. So now in RevOps, I'm getting to learn, you know, more of the budgeting side, more of the comp side. What does that look like for the entire organization? You know, being a little bit more in that, that role of a third party between marketing and sales, getting them to align a little bit better, right? As opposed to me being fully in marketing before going, no, this is mine. <laughs> we need to work it this way. You know, being removed from that, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to take a look at that from a, from a different perspective, a different lens and go, wait, what's, what's really best for the company as a whole? And mm-hmm. some of these sides may not like that, However, this is what we're trying to do. We're all on the same page and moving towards that in, in one as one unit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was um, doing a workshop at Opstars yesterday, and that's something that we talked about is when you can share the knowledge with the, as a marketing ops leader, share the knowledge with the marketing and sales teams. It allows you to go beyond of like, this is my silo and I own this goal and this number. And you start to be able to have deeper conversations about, but what are we really moving towards? Like what's the one goal and everybody can be on the same page. Absolutely. I, I find a lot of joy in that. And I, I'm really loving learning how a business runs, right? Mm-hmm. The fundamentals of how to make a business successful. You know, what does that really look like? What are the things that we need to consider? I am, I'm really grateful for our leaders that we have um, at Reciprocity because they're always thinking about how do we launch a product? What does that mean? What are the components around that? You know, when we're talking with investors, what are they looking for? What does that mean? What's that impact on our business? I'm really having a lot of fun learning those new things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that is important for marketing ops folks to learn because that is what's going to allow and kind of like open the gates for um, you know, career development and not capping a marketing ops pro at you know, there's, there's so many different like job titles nowadays that are coming out for like marketing ops, but like enabling a marketing ops person to become a rev ops leader or a CMO or, you know, something at that level. Absolutely. I I think about like, you know, when I started, you know, the things that I cared about, right. As a young, as a young marketing ops person, right. Oh, well, I want to be able to see, you know, my entire database and be able to figure out, you know, how I can nurture them, you know, what kind of program does that look like to like, oh, okay, now I can go ahead and build this now, you know, what does that mean for our company? How does that, you know, what does that mean for our, our, our KPIs, you know, Mm -hmm. how does that, how does that work out in terms of showing our successes to now like understanding how a business runs? I just, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time that I was always looking to learn more and more. And now that I'm like, I realize that I'm, the kind of things that I'm learning has always been like very small. And now I'm now ready for that bigger step of like, okay, now what does that mean for a, a 
widespread organization. It's mm-hmm. more than just marketing now, but now what does that look like for an entire company? Yeah, yeah. Like you're really being able to see the forest through the trees a little bit more because you're focused on like what's on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I love it. I love it. Okay, so I hear a lot of pros here about being in-house, but I'm curious, like what would you say are kind of like your top pros and cons when, and challenges too, when it comes to both in-house versus consulting, because you've been on both sides. And like I said, like there might be people on the call today that are consulting and considering in-house or in-house and considering consulting. And, um, you know, I know one thing that we'll also talk about is like just being a working mom, um, we'll dive into that, but yeah, like generally, like, what would you say are kind of like those top pros and cons? Well, um, I think I kind of alluded to this with, you know, with consulting. One of the biggest pros I thought was being able to learn from different companies, like some of the same problems, but how do we get to solve that across these different companies, right? And for the most part, um, you can take those learnings and bring it over to another company. It was such a really cool thing to be able to share that knowledge across so many different organizations. So that's definitely a pro as well as you know, the flexibility in time, you know, recognizing that I have a start and a stop when it comes to any of my projects, right? If I had 20 hours to do it, I got to get it done in 20 hours. I don't have a lot of wiggle room with that. So that to me was actually a very freeing concept because in-house, sometimes things can be a little bit more fluid, right? You're, you're competing projects, you're competing priorities, with, with uh, consulting, it's all about competing time. So where can I put that time the most efficiently? Um, some of the cons is just more of, you know, not being as deep with, with the company, understanding a little bit more about, oh, this is the reason why we have this process in place, or this is the reason why we don't have this process and we need a little bit more help with it. Or this is the, the impetus for, this is how this structure was put together before and we're working under that that structure because, you know, an executive wants it this way. You know, it's understanding a lot of those, those intricacies and, and working a little bit more of those soft skills, right? It, I felt like that took me a little bit away from, from that when it came to consulting. Um, going in-house, again, it's more of like, I, I, I get to now learn really deep how this company works. And that's so, so invigorating. I'm sorry if you hear my little doggy. He's <laughs> don't be sorry. <laughs> he's, he's growling at me. He's gonna do that for a little bit longer. I love you, buddy. You're just gonna have to wait. Um, you could hop up on your lap, and I think everybody would be excited to see him. <laughs> no, then he'll just take over our talk <laughs> as he's doing now. <laughs> exactly as he's doing now. So, but um, you know, being able to to go in deep with a company that's that's really rewarding and fulfilling. But one of the cons is again the competing priorities, right? And so, when you're working with an agency, you have got to give them like one project at a time. You don't give competing projects because then you get nothing done, right? You, you're buying a, a project, if you will, to be completed. Sometimes when you're in house, you're you're taking a look at those projects and going, oh shoot, I have to shift this now because of a product launch, or I have to shift this now because of budget. I have to shift this now. So it's constantly trying to figure out how to how to manage those priorities. And, you know, even to this day, I still have a, you know, a difficulty doing it. You know, our, our RevOps director, who's my, my boss, you know, she's always talking about what are those big rocks? You know, what can we do to keep moving those big rocks forward? And we, we, I do that, we do that as you know, company because we know that that's the more important stuff, but I really can't leave behind, oh shoot, you know, our MQL numbers have gone down. What has, you know, what does that mean, right? And maybe a lot of people don't look at MQLs anymore, but we always look at this as an indicator of like, do I have enough people coming in? Are they getting to the right place? So it's being able to under, balance those, those priorities effectively. I find that that's really challenging. Yeah, I completely agree. And coming from the agency side too, like 
you think you're going to be really good at it, right? Like, and I think based on your personality, like, oh, like I can prioritize a project like no other and my time and I know I can get it done within that a lot of time, but you're compete, like you said, like you're competing against the clock versus a never ending list of priorities. So it's a different skill set because you have to make decisions from a completely different lens of trade-offs, right? If I don't do this, what's the trade-off? So you're using a different part of your brain. You're using a completely different skill. And like I, for example, was like, oh yeah, that's not going to be my number one problem shifting to in-house. And it certainly is. And I think it is for a lot of people. And it's a, it's great to learn that skill. I think everybody should work on both sides just in order to see how do I, as a person in my personality, how do I best work with, with this situation versus that situation? Absolutely. You know, I think one of the freeing things about consulting was I know that again, because I had a set amount of time, I can turn a lot of things off and yeah, maybe I work sometimes on the weekends or whatnot, but I know that this project's not going to take me a hundred hours. I was mm-hmm. only given X mm-hmm. amount of time. So it was a nice, uh, you know, clear delineation for me in terms of a start and a stop. That's very fluid. And, and I'm learning now to try and recalibrate that, right? Because mm-hmm. I've only been in house again since April. So recalibrating that, understanding like, okay, now where do I stop my time so I can actually enjoy being myself, being mm-hmm. with my family? Not that I'm not myself with, you know, moms, but again, like just kind of taking myself out and then taking care of my own mental health, my own, you know, my own person, right. Taking time to actually work out on my, my physical and my emotional wellness, you know, where does that time start and stop? And so I'm learning to recalibrate that being in house. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are the kinds of things that you're doing to like shift your mindset in order to recalibrate yourself to do that? Um, and we've, we've, we talked about like the fallacy of having it all. Like you yeah. cannot, everyone, everyone says you can have it all. You can do it all. And like, I remember going to a, a talk one time and there's this big CMO, um, we'll leave unnamed. And, and we were, you were there actually, we were all together and we were like, um, we're like, but is she happy? Like, how does she, she's got three kids, she's married. We're like, is she happy? And how does she do all of it? And I think somebody also asked the question, like, how do you do all of this? How do you balance it all? Um, How do you have it all? And she did like, she didn't at the end of the day, like you cannot have it all. She was clearly like, based on the answer was sacrificing something else. Like there was a big trade-off that she was willing to admit to get to the place that she was. Um, and it was kind of like a light bulb went off in my head. And so whenever anybody's like, wow, you're doing it all. Wow. Like, you know, how do you do, how do you have all of this on your plate? And I think as women and as moms, we hear that a lot and you're like, I'm not doing it all. I can't do it all. Like every day I wake up and I'm saying, what am I not doing today? And is it okay that I'm not doing that? Like there's always a trade-off. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear your perspective on that. <laughs> well, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that's one of the key things is that, right? So when I became a consultant, it was really to go ahead and spend more time with my, my very young kids. You know, at the time, you know, um, where I live in the Bay Area, our jobs tend to be more tech, right? In Silicon Valley. And that is actually a very um, arduous commute for me. It would take me at the time an hour and a half to get there an hour and a half back. So if you think about three hours a day, just sitting in a car, I am not seeing my kids. Um, you know, I needed to make a life change. So that way I I can focus a little bit more on my my family, which is my priority, right? I think we, we had talked about this, like when I became a mom, it'd be, became very clear to me what I wanted to focus my time on. And when I was working in the corporate world at the time with my very young kids, I found myself being pulled away from that. And I just, I needed to reset and, and still be able to make a living for, for my, myself and pursue my career. But, you know, if you will, you know, I had it all, but I had to sacrifice my time with my job. And I am more than willing to do that. I would never change that, that decision I made at the time. I mean, I, I can take a look at the, my peers, you know, people who are my age, they're obviously a lot more well advanced in their career than I am. But at the same time, you know, I, I was able to 
spend time with my family. I had to was able to go ahead and raise my family. I could take my son to his baseball games or soccer games and say with my daughter, be able to go ahead and volunteer for field trips, things that I know I would never be able to do if I was working full time. Um, so it, that was a huge shift for me, but I also realized too, because when I was younger, I kept thinking, I'm going to keep climbing this corporate ladder. That's my next badge I'm going to go ahead and earn. I'm going to be a CMO. That's what I want to go ahead and do. But after I had kids, I was like, is that really what I want to do? I'm not sure. And then there's a certain amount of guilt for that, right? Because we are in an age where we're brought up to think we can do anything and everything. You know, we are badass women. You know, let's go ahead and take that power and take it to the next step. I'm like, am I doing women a disservice? because I don't want that anymore because I wanted to spend more time with my family. So it was kind of a weird thing to have to think about and, and actually resolve with myself. Yeah. So, um, you know, having it all to me was, again, like you said, just sacrificing a little bit more of, of and, and understanding truly what I was sacrificing, which again, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, that's important. Like it, it is okay. And, and Chrissy, hi, Chrissy. Chrissy says it's more just identifying what all you want, which is so true. Yes. And um, I want to make a book recommendation too, that was actually recommended by one of our dear friends and uh, mentors, Carrie Baldwin. Um, and I read it a few weeks ago and it's called Essentialism. And this oh, book- I'm going to have to write that down. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It completely changed the way that I was thinking about things every day and thinking about the essential few uh, or the vital few versus I need to do everything. I need to have it all. Um, it's okay. And it's kind of what Chrissy's saying. Like you just need to identify like what are those few things that are going to contribute to your goal, your mission. And I also think what's important in getting there is finding like the, the intersections of like and you hear this from other people too, like what you're passionate about, what you're good at and like what makes you happy um, and like what serves what serves your community. So if you can find like what is the intersection between those three things, um, I'm not going to say you'll never work a day in your life because that's not true. People will say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still working. Um, yeah. But you will be happier. <laughs> sure, for sure. More fulfilled. Right. I mean, I am very lucky and I consider myself extremely blessed to be in a position that I love my job and I love my career and I love how I'm, you know, applying myself in, in this organization, right. Or in any organization that I work with, I, I, I really find a lot of joy in that, but ultimately my highest priority is going to be my family. I mean, like work is a distant second, right? So I, I think I consider myself extremely um, fortunate that I'm able to focus on my family as much as I can and do something that I love, knowing that the majority of people out there hate their jobs, right? They, you know, it's a drag to kind of get themselves out of the bed every single day. I, you know, I just count my my lucky stars that I get to do what I want to do and. And if you will have it all in that respect, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, redefining. Redefining having it all. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, understanding what you want to have. Mm -hmm. it just, uh, and I think I will say that as a mom, I think that that totally helps me pull that focus, right? Because mm -hmm. I think before that, before that, if you, if you knew me in my early 20s, I totally knew where I wanted to do. Oddly enough, I wanted to become a TV producer for, for children's television. <laughs> I, I love hearing this. <laughs> I thought I was going to go move to Bethesda. I was going to work for the Discovery Channel. I'm like, that was my lifelong dream. And I started on that road and I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, I'd have to live all over the country. Do I really want to do that? I'm like, I kind of want to stay with this little nine month old here because she's super cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to be, let's see, what I, I wanted to be a veterinarian for a long time. And then um, I wanted to be a um, interior designer. So many things, interior designer, a stylist. For well, I mean, it's not like you're far off. I mean, look at your, your room over there. It's beautiful. And you, of course, you're beautifully styled as well. So <laughs> um, accomplished. <laughs> Chrissy, hit me up. I would be happy to like, you know, test my skills on your house. 
um okay there is a question from asia hi asia um how do you balance building your career and being a mom um she's trying to adjust you know being a new mom i know she's got an adorable little one at home and trying to build her career just as as you were oh good question um uh, the way i looked at it was more of Ultimately, the family was first, right? If I could fulfill myself with what I wanted with my family, what I, how I spent that time, then I can kind of figure out what else fits in, right? And that's how consulting really came into, the, to the, into play because I know that I could still work on my career, still do projects that enjoyed me, fulfilled me, but really work them in a very smaller quantity, right? So it wasn't like a very immersive experience where I'm like, oh, I have to do the, all everything at the same time. It's, it's really nice bite-sized pieces. So if you can figure out how to, fi- you know, hone it in so you can take your career if you want to, you know, in bite-sized pieces, I think it helps so much more. But if you're not in that position, then I think it's understanding, again, where your priorities lie. What are you, you know, if you're sacrificing something, how much are you willing to sacrifice for that? Um, I was definitely willing to sacrifice the the dream of a CMO because it one it just didn't seem that fulfilling for me anymore. But maybe my path is actually different. Um, I'm actually on the other side of motherhood now, right? So my kids are actually much older. They're you know I'm going to be an empty nester in the next few years if everything goes right. You know if I raise my kids right and they can be self sufficient. Who knows though? It's really effing expensive in the Bay Area. So, <laughs> but you know, now I can focus a lot more time on my career again, you know, where is it that I want to take with my career? So I think you'll find that as you grow as a mom, what you wanted in the very beginning may actually be very different by the time your kid gets older. So just as long as you're doing something that's fulfilling, that still makes you happy, that brings you joy, I think that still moves you ahead. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I find too, um, also having been on both sides of it and trying to grow my career as well. It's like when I know that I need to take a step back is when my executive functioning stops working. <laughs> so I think that's not a good, like, um, that might, that might be an indicator of like being too far, like close to the cliff, but keep your executive function intact. Um, so, you know, the things that help you stay organized, that help you communicate, that help you self-monitor, that keep you, your, your time management and your flexibility intact, like those mental skills are so incredibly important more than we know. And when you start to get overloaded and you start to go down a path of trying to do too many things, I notice for myself, that's the first thing that goes out the window and I can't even make a decision um, because there's too much going on. And so I would say as a mom and trying to grow your career, like just pay attention to those mental skills that allow you to have that executive function intact because that's going to enable you to make the right decisions and prioritize and organize your life and the things that you need to do in a way that will still allow you to clearly see a path forward. That is so important. I am glad that you brought that up because that whole, you know, being able to keep that executive function, I know that it took me a while to figure out how to step back because we've talked about this, right? We're both very driven individuals. Like we, you know, we're competitive in the sense that you give us something that we, we, you know, to do, we want to excel at that. We don't want to deliver it at hundred percent. We want to deliver it at 120, but it's realizing, wait, hold on a second. Am I am I so far in this now that has it really taken it away from me from my, my larger goal? What was my larger goal? Right. And if it is, then, you know, how do I recalibrate that? It's taking that step back to actually reevaluate that. That's so hard to do. And I know that um, there are little things that I do like with my calendar, I'll, and I know that a lot of our, our colleagues and stuff do the same thing too, right? Where we block out periods of time where we're like, okay, we need to get, we need to get shit done. You know, this is my get shit done time. But I also have to block out time for myself to like work out and like get myself out of my head. And no, I don't work like, I don't look like I, you know, run marathons or anything like that. It's perfectly fine. But it's, but it's also like having that discipline of taking that hour out. I'm like, yeah, I know it's going to be taking me from working, but this helps me clear my head and keep me 
realigned with my priorities, right? Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot clearer. Just like you said, you can step back and, and see it at a high level, that executive function. Okay, mm -hmm. where should I be focusing my time? Yeah, yeah. We kind of did a full circle here talking about, again, like being able to see that goal through the busyness of everything else around us, um, which I think is, I think is a good segue into something that I want to talk about moving a little bit away from like this, this amazing discussion about just kind of like how to be a working mom or working parent, I should say, and how to balance all of that. Um, but you you said earlier that you've kind of been moving into more of like, well, you report to RevOps, you're learning more about RevOps, you made that very clear that like you want to wrap your arms around more of the business ops and things, um, you know, business function, sales ops, marketing ops, all of it and how it works together. But how did you make that transition? Like, how does that look for somebody that is kind of sitting in marketing ops, but wants to level up and, and move I mean, we're all under that RevOps umbrella, but move to owning more of that, I guess. Uh, you know, the funny thing is that I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you have to kind of say it out loud and, and actually ask for it, right? So that's something that I'm still learning to do is to vocalize the things that I want better. Um, when I had interviewed for this company, I, I did make it a point to say, hey, this is what I do. This is what I can offer but this is where I'd like to head, right? So they had a clear indication of where I'd like to take my career. And I think that that's probably the first step, right? Is to make that declaration with whoever you're working with. Hey, I'm considering this. This is kind of where I'm thinking of, you know, where I'd like to go with my career, you know, and ask for that help. So I know that I made it very clear with my, my, um, my supervisors, you know, cause I've actually had a couple right now. It's like, this is where I'd like to go with my career and just ask for that help. I think that's one of the most humbling things to do um, and I'm still learning how to do it, but that's really what's getting me to where I want to go, right? Asking for that help, understanding like, oh, I want to learn more about this. How do I go ahead and do that? Um, I think it's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, I love that. And I think one thing that I noticed that... Um, us consultants slash ex agency folks have in common. And I think it's just because it comes with the experience of working with so many different types of people and so many different business structures and like reasoning. You said earlier, like you don't always know why somebody does something the way that they do. And you cannot come into an engagement thinking that your way is better. Um, you know, you always have to approach things with curiosity. And so I think that that's kind of a skill that you pick up from working with a lot of different types of people, a lot of different types of organizations. So it almost allows you to approach those situations with that curiosity of, what would it be like to do this? Like, I don't even know what, um, what are the things that I need to, what are the skills that I need to develop? How can I have, um, yeah, Chrissy, how can I have more empathy in these conversations? So I think that that's kind of a skill going back to like the in-house consulting side of things that like you pick up different skills just by working with a variety and so many different people and doing that context switching. For sure. That is without a doubt. I, I think that if anything, that consulting background has given me the confidence to finally speak up and, and do things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because as a consultant, you know, like you said, you're, you're learning, but so many situations are also, you know, looking to learn from you. So they look at you as a, you know, here's the expert in this, but really it's, it's a very symbiotic relationship, right? It's a very, um, balanced in the perfect world, very balanced knowledge exchange, because you're taking whatever you're learning from that company and applying it to another. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's my favorite thing is being able to work. Um, you know, like we had developed whatever, like lead management, lead scoring, like workbooks and, um, demand gen planning. And like, once we got the foundation and then started rolling it out to clients, like you see it just evolve and it's so cool. Is and it? like, I still use those workbooks for myself. Oh today. my God, same here. Are you kidding? The other day I was like, let me go find that nurture workbook that I had like done like maybe six or seven years ago. And let me show you what it looks like. So, we yeah. can... oh, that stuff is so much fun. Yeah, totally agree. 
Um, okay, so what what do you what do you love about like focusing on RevOps versus like just marketing ops? I know we covered a lot of it, but like for people that are like, I don't know, like I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, again for me, it's a lot. It's more learning about more of a business and how a business runs, right? Because mm -hmm. with marketing operations, sorry, this is my girl BB. You want to say hi? Yes, she does. <laughs> Um, with marketing operations, it was all uh, a lot more about focusing on how do I go ahead and put together the most scalable, uh, replicable process so that way I can get very consistent reporting, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of like what I'd focused on with, with the mop side or, you know, how do I, I, I work with my peers to get them what they need in terms of out of a tool like Marketo, because Marketo is not like the, the easiest tool to go ahead and learn, right? So, but I realized after a while, I was like, oh, I, I want to do different projects. I want to, I, I don't feel like I'm learning as much anymore. And mind you, I don't know everything about marketing ops, but I just realized that my interest was in it was becoming stale. I've been in it for a long time. So what was I, what do I need to do in order to kind of reinvigorate my interest in, in what I do as a career? And RevOps just actually, because I'd actually thought about this with other stuff, right? I'm like, maybe I could be like a CSM or something, or maybe I could be like, you know, um, you know, I can help demo different products for, that are for marketing. I'm like, maybe that'd be fun too. And I ultimately I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. What am I learning? And that's what, again, that's where RevOps kind of came into play, right? Where I was like, oh, okay understanding a lot more about a business. I don't have an MBA. So I, I decided to forego that as a kid, as a kid, let's just call it 10 years ago when I was younger because I, I'm a cheap bastard. I was like, I don't want to spend that much. I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want to have any more student loan debt. I'm like, that just sounds not fun. But at the same time, that's the kind of stuff that interests me. Like, you know, understanding like, you know, what's our, 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 loan to value when it comes to, or, or rather our value when it comes to customers, you know, what's our lifetime average customer um, mm -hmm. rate? What does that look like? You know, how do we, how do we determine that? What are the things that come into there? It's just kind of like reinvigorating those different questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard. It's like, it just activates your brain in a different way. Right. Like, um, when I first got into marketing, I, I like, I hate math. I'm so bad at math. It's terrible. I had literally, everyone makes fun of me because Ooh. I have my calculator sitting here and <laughs> I will use it for the simplest things like one plus two. Um, exactly. Or like division. Division's hard. <laughs> it's hard. No, I have no shame in saying that I'm terrible at math. Most marketers are, but I'm good at logic and I love logic. And I, for the longest time thought that like, I felt so bad about being bad at math and that skill. Like I just never really understood it. I never really like, I just couldn't do it, but well, I couldn't do it well, but I realized that I could explain how to get to a scenario, how to get to the answer. No problem. Like, yes, I know how to do it. I can, sh I can explain to you how you would do it, but I cannot do the calculations. Like I am terrible at the calculations. Right. I can't do it in my brain. So I think just like understanding that there's a different side to every coin, right? Like you can be bad at math, but you could be good at something like logic. Um, and like coming into marketing, I, realize that through logic and like being able to leverage different tools that would do the math for me, you could develop some really amazing things like these demand gen, you know, bottom ups planning um, and like all of the demand gen waterfall work that we did. Like that was so interesting to me because it was very logical and it was trying to get to, you know, a certain result um, leveraging math, but we could just lean on the tools for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I I, I want to bring this up too because I I realized that I I didn't do it, but I want to say too that um, while I've been lucky enough to go ahead and take this journey on my career, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of my own community, mm -hmm. particularly my partner in crime, my husband. Right? I have a very supportive husband. Right? When I wanted to do consulting. I recognize that that would never have happened if I was a single mother, 
right? Because there are other other things that are involved. So if I didn't have that support of of him, of my parents, of my brothers, and saying, oh, you know what, I I can see how that may be a scary thing, mm-hmm. but them encouraging me to go ahead and pursue. And even if it doesn't work out, knowing that I have a fallback plan, knowing that I have my family to rely on, was so important to me. So it, I, I think that it helps so much in terms of not just making that decision in terms of consultant versus in-house, but also recognizing too, when you need to take a step back and go, what are my priorities? What are the goals in my life? Having that great sounding board helped me so much in taking the next steps in my career in all of the different milestones in my career. Yeah, completely agree. And somebody who's a little bit removed to like, um, like my partner, like it's not like he knows the ins and outs of what I'm doing every day. So my husband doesn't know what I do. He's like, He just mops. He's like, I don't know what that means. He's he had a whole joke about it. He's like, that just means that you clean the floor all day, right? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, please. Everybody say in the chat how your partner would describe what you do, please. <laughs> my partner says that I send emails all day. <laughs> yeah. My son has told me, you just make websites, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> and does he tells people I send spam. <laughs> exactly. <I love> <laughs> Um, automation, Sam Lee. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy, Chrissy's lucky because you work with your partner. <laughs> Track people. Okay, this is good. We should start a new series of like what my partner set, thinks that I do versus exactly. What I do. My, my daughter's friends—they're like, you just talk on the phone all day long, right? Is that what you do? <laughs> that's what my three-year-old thinks that that's all I do. He every day. Are you off a call? Are you off your call? <laughs> that means you're done working. <laughs> you stop being such a Goodness, girl, you we sleep all the time, and it's right now where they're all like, "Just, just go ahead and bob." They just want their fifteen seconds of fame. It's understandable. Um, one thing I was going to say that you mentioned, you said community, and that made me also think of, especially because it's you and I chatting and I see familiar names in the, in the, um, on the session today, like Anne and Chrissy. And, um, I think community, you have that personal community, right? Like your family and your friends and your, the people that are kind of outside in terms of like the day to days, but you also have to grow your community of people that are not necessarily like working at the same place as you, but can be your mentors, can be your cheerleaders, can be your sponsors, can be people that you can lean on, you know, either immediately or five years later, you know, if you keep that connection, it's so important. And I remember Carrie, my mentor, um, and our old boss, um, Mm -hmm. always used to tell me about the importance of nurturing your network and, to never stop nurturing your network because those relationships are so incredibly valuable when you start saying, "Hmm, maybe I want to do something different, or is this the right path for me? Or, you know, all of those questions that will come up at some point, if you have a network to lean on, they are going to tremendously help you figure out whatever it is you're, you're struggling with for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, other than having my husband as a sounding board, I totally called up a lot of different people. I mean, I called up our friend Hanay, right? Um, mm-hmm. we worked with before. I'm like, hey, Hanay, I'm thinking about doing this. What does that look like? You know, how did you do it? It's it's asking that, it's again, asking for that help, right? From relying on your, your village. And I've definitely talked with Carrie before because I didn't recognize the value of networking the true value of networking until much later, right? When I was younger, I was always that, just leave me just turning the crank behind the curtain. It's fine. You know, I could just do this via worker bee. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I realized that that's a very lonely position because you don't get to, to talk very many people. You don't get to have a sounding board. Yeah. And so learning that networking, stretching that muscle, you know, becoming part of different organizations where you can learn to network a little bit better. I, I think that that helps so much in helping you determine, you know, here are my priorities. This is what I want to drive towards. Just getting that sounding board. Well, how did you do this? How did you do that? How do I work through this problem? Mm-hmm. It's, um, and then, you know, lately I've been thinking a bit more of like, this is how I get new friends. You know, this is how I, the, the social person, just like everybody else, right? Especially during COVID. You know, how is it that I can stay connected and still build those friendships with other people? You know, how do we do that and ask questions and, mm-hmm. and get more help? It's just, um, 
it's definitely a, a, a muscle to, to exercise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask you about some communities, but this feels like a perfect opportunity to also let everyone know that Women in Revenue is an organization that we're both part of and um, some of the other women on this call. It's 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 a great place to start if you're like, I don't know what organizations to start building my network. Like, that's a great place to start. We're a bunch of badass women all working towards equity in the workplace. And um, yeah, like it is so important to build those relationships. I feel grateful to be a part of like that and other communities. Um, are there, what other communities and like resources do you like to leverage? I know there's like, it's almost overwhelming now, right? Like Slack groups and communities were kind of like a hot thing earlier this year. And now people are like, whoa, it's too much. <laughs> Well, I think it, it depends because you'll, you'll find, you know, your, your different communities, right? Like, I, I know that when I, especially when I was learning new tools, right, when I was learning things like Pardot and like, where can I go to go ahead and like expand my knowledge on that? Because I am one of those people where I can't sit on, what is it, trailhead all day long and take their, their stuff. It's just not learning to me. It's actually talking with people, understanding, like, how do you do this? What are the, the gotchas with that? Um, you know, some of the communities that I like obviously women in revenue. I, I love women in revenue just because, and I actually, I, I go ahead and promote it wherever I go, where I'm like, you're a new mom. You should be part of women in revenue. I'm like, I'm like you don't work in, in marketing or sales, but you work in insurance. That's okay. I'm like, you need a village. This is how you build that village, right? So women in revenue is definitely a community that I go to all the time. Um, I like mops pros, uh, their Slack community, they're, you know, just the vibe that you get from them. They're not too serious, but they are all working towards that same, you know, how do I solve this problem? How do I do this? We're all looking to share that knowledge together. Um, I like Wizard of Ops as well. Um, I use them, um, you know, the, the Marketo user group meetings um, or the user groups, those communities, um, I use them. My family, <laughs> big community there. Um, so that, that's a handful of places where I like to go to where I have questions. Oh, and then, of course, friends, right? I go to Carrie all the time, or, or Gina, I'm like, or even you, or Hannah, where I'm like, hey, how do I do this? How do I solve this? I, I'm, you know, our, our organization does it like this. Isn't that kind of weird and funny? How do we, how can I change that? What do I need to do? So. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing those. Um, Okay, because I, I really love today's discussion because we sometimes get, and this is also another reason why I love this program, is that like we have so many different types of conversations, um, which draws in different, you know, people. And today I really appreciated that we could go kind of more on the human level uh, or human side of things and talk about um, being burnt out, being a mom and um, all of that. So thank you for having that conversation with me. Um, and to stay on that same vein, as we wrap up, I would love to ask you, like, what is the one thing these days that's just like really bringing you the most, well, that you do for yourself to bring you joy? I, I do as much as possible, try and stay active, like physically active. Cause I feel like having me to figure out like, taking the next breath or is my form correct? Or, you know, just being outside and enjoying the day that to me gets me out of my head. That brings me the most joy, whether it be with my dogs or with my kids or being alone. It's just taking that. I'm one of those people where I need to like, it's very difficult for me to turn off my brain. And so if I have to, if I have to really concentrate on something physical that takes me out of it, it's, it's like the best, right? Cause then I, that's, if you will, that's clearing the head where I'm like <gasps> sucking wind because I did cardio and now I'm like, my heart's at like 180 beats a minute where I'm like, <gasps> I can't think of anything else other than like, I need to breathe. <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah. probably my biggest, that sounds like a lot of torture, but at the same time, I get a lot of joy out of it. But the way you feel afterwards, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> And I'm all like, how many burpees are you asking me to do? 
it's fun. Yeah. And I mean, it's so, it's so true though. Cause we, we tend to like reach for distractions and like reach for our phones, reach for the things that like are actually doing the opposite of, of helping you relax, whether you want to admit it or not. And you have to do something that is actually going to like change the way that your brain is thinking. I do meditation. I do like, um, I, I put on like my sleep mask with my headphones in it and just completely like, I can't see anything. There's no distractions and I'm just like listening to the music. Um, and that helps put my brain in a different space, similarly to just like going outside and going on a walk. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to take that time to just, particularly now when the lines of, of work and home life are so blended yeah. together because we're, you know, a good portion of us are working at home. So not having that clear delineation, it, it's so important to take your, yourself out of that so you can think clearly when you come back. I, I realize that I always feel guilty, you know, when I'm like, okay, well, should I take this time to, to work out or do I like take this time to go ahead and solve the problem? But I find so many times where I like, if I take myself out for a little bit that I can come back to the problem with much more vigor, with much more energy to it. And usually that's when you can find out when you can solve those problems, right? Where like walking the dog going, oh my God. And I've done mm -hmm. this. People probably think I'm crazy, but I'm like, that's what I could have done. I'm talking <laughs> it's so true though. Like find, be in tune with the way that your body wants to work, the way that your brain wants to work in terms of productivity, because your brain needs breaks and it cannot solve problems unless you give it those breaks. And so there are different times for different people of the day of like, okay, I should be working on deep work from these, you know, this chunk of time, or I should be doing easy tasks that don't take a lot that I can just get some things checked off the list at this time. For me, like I know that I need to be doing more strategic things in the morning, easy tasks in the afternoon, and I need a good block of time in the evening to just like do nothing. Um, but that's different for everybody. So I think it's just like learning when you are most productive um, and creative. Like I'm more creative in the evenings. Um, and so like I'll do my journaling and, and anything like the, any of my ideas usually come to me as pillow thoughts when I'm, you know, just kind of resting or at night. Um, so I think it's really important to be in tune with all of that, which can be difficult. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I find that you know, just like you were saying that, you know, there are different blocks of time that are different for everybody. You know, it's kind of funny because I find my strategic time, those deep thinking projects, it's a lot easier for me to do it like between three and five, right around there. And I find myself, cause I, I know I realize I do that because I'll be in the middle of something and the kids will be like, mom, what's for dinner? I'm like, I'm like, can't you go get yourself a bagel right now? I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully enough, my kids are old enough to go ahead and do that. But I find myself like in that like four, six thirty area where I'm like, okay, because then there's no more calls. I'm not distracted. I get to go ahead and map things out. And go, oh, okay, that's okay. I can see where this iteration goes versus this iteration. So mm -hmm. kind of an interesting thing, understanding and, and you know knowing your body well enough where you can take advantage of those those creative juices. Yeah. Yeah. And with remote work, it's amazing because you can figure that out and you can adjust your schedule. You have that flexibility like you can, like you do with consulting almost. I mean, you have to obviously have an organization and a culture that supports that, which, and nurtures that, which if you don't, you know, that's another topic. Uh, <laughs> but, but you thought you blocked out your editorial calendars all for next week, next year. You're, you're all good. <laughs> Oh God, scary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important that like with this remote work culture that we, we figure that out and we allow people to have that um, space to understand how their bodies want to work because not, it's not nine to five does not work for everybody in that manner. So um, yeah, when is, the, when does your brain want to do deep work? When does your brain want to do easy tasks? Like that should be a red flag. If you're like, I cannot get this done. I'm so distracted. Your body is telling you to get up and walk away for a minute, come back to it later. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, there have been plenty of times where, you know, like some people will see me like working on the weekend. They're like, oh, you have to work on the weekend. Like it's a sad thing. And I'm like, no, I realize that this is, you know, it's a choice that I make, right? Mm -hmm. 
because I know that I can get certain things done at the time. I don't make it an effort to work every single weekend because again, priorities are very different, but I love that flexibility of being able to take advantage of like when the mood strikes me, when I, I know that, you know, I have that energy and that drive to go ahead and do it, take full advantage of it mm-hmm. on my time and still mm-hmm. get stuff done, which is an awesome freeing feeling. Yeah. So freeing. Mm-hmm. I saw, um, and I know we're at time, but I did, I saw that I was reading something and it was, it, it was a tip from an engineer cause he was like working late hours and started like building out his team and didn't want to be that boss that was like emailing everybody late at night. Um, but then he would like forget to schedule the email or like forget yeah. to schedule the Slack and like, and then he'd be like, F it, I'm just going to send it. And so he started adding to his email signature, um, just a, a simple line that was like, I'm sending this email at a time that suits me. I do not expect you, you know, if it's outside of your working hours, I do not expect you to reply or even, you know, read this at all, just to kind of add that layer of like sensitivity and empathy for others. Because once you find that time that you work best, it can be, um, you know, if you're sending emails at six o'clock, nine o'clock, one in the morning, like people don't want to see that. People don't want to be like, wow. But here's the funny thing is that I I think, I didn't really truly take advantage of, you know, that, like that empathetic line until yeah. much later, right? Because so much of my youth was more of like, wait, hold on a second. If they're sending it to me at like five in the morning, then I need to go ahead and respond to it. Hmm. And, you know, it's all, I've been lucky enough in the organizations that I've worked with. They're like, no, the expectation is not. It's just when the mood struck me that I wanted to be able to go get that to you. Mm-hmm. So now it's more of like, oh, okay, cool. They sent it to me at five o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the morning or whatever it may be. But they know that I'm asleep and I'm going to get to it, you know, at the appropriate time during business hours and mm-hmm. respond. And it's, un- it's, it's freeing to really take advantage of that. Right. Yeah. Because again, as a younger person where I was like, well, are, do they really mean it? Mm-hmm. When they said it, I'm like, do they really no, let's take people for their, you know, for their face value when they say it and, and be comfortable knowing that, okay, they're working what's best for them, understanding that what works best for me is a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also was reading, this is actually in the book, Essentialism, um, kind of a similar thing where it was, it was, he was leveraging auto email, auto responses for more than just vacation. So if he knew he was working on a big project and he was not going to reply to emails within, you know, his typical SLA, he would put on his auto responder and say, Hey, I'm working on a big project right now. If I don't get back to you, that's the reason. And like, I'm going to be checking my inbox at these, like at the end of the week. Um, and so I think it'd be interesting to start seeing people use their out of office responders as, or, you know, just that line, um, in the signature as kind of like an indication of here's my SLA. Um, just so you know that like, I saw this and I'm just doing deep work right now. Um, oddly enough, the only other time that I've ever seen that was actually with tattoo artists. (laughs) I'm in a session. Well, no, it's not that. It's more of like, thank you for your interest. You know, uh, please don't be alarmed when it takes me two weeks to get back to you because I'm sorting through all my projects and I'm also busy tattooing. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it just helps set expectations. And I think for um, those anxious people that, um, you know, want to really like stay on top of things and meet expectations and get a little worried when your boss emails them or something like that. Like it helps put them at ease, right? Like it also Mm -hmm. helps your team. It helps you. You're being transparent. Um, you're, you're also setting a boundary, but you're also at the same time, like give some empathy or like approaching it with empathy and allowing others to see that that's, that's what you kind of stand for. And, um, it doesn't get people freaked out when, when yeah. they know that there's an expectation that you've set and they're like, okay, that's awesome. I really like that. I'm acknowledging that now I don't have to be as stressed out the next time this happens. For sure. For sure. I, I know that, that that's still something that I know I struggle with, like, right. Giving that visibility, giving that transparency. Cause I know I'm on the opposite side of that. I am the nervous Nelly. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Oh, I gave that email like four hours ago. They haven't responded to me. They must be super busy. And mm-hmm. Maybe should I ping them again? Is that too much? Am I, you know, I tend to overthink things and yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I know I need to do a better uh, job of being that transparent as well. Hey, I'm sorry, you know, I can't get to you right now, but I can get to you later on today or this week or whatever it may be. And it helps definitely put that mind at ease, even if it's like three weeks from now, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Well, I know we're at time and, um, this, I could, we could keep talking forever. This just, this is just like old friends. I hope that everybody else on the call felt like that too. Like we were just hanging out as old friends, um, which is what, like I, we wanted this series to be. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're able to accomplish that in these discussions. Um, okay. So for next week, we have a power duo, which I'm really excited about. This is something we haven't done before. We're doing a power duo, but these two are at different companies. Um, and so, yeah, so it's really exciting. We have, they have a lot of crossover in the challenges that they're trying to um, tackle and in their roles. So it'll be a really unique discussion to hear from two people in different roles at different companies who are familiar with each other, obviously, and have a relationship. Um, and just kind of like the differences of the way that they're approaching challenges and also probably some opinions, um, which is always fun. Uh, so yes, please join us next week. And with that, uh, that kind of wraps up today. Thank you for everyone that, that stayed on the call. We had like almost 100, well, up in the nineties, um, people staying, which is amazing. Like super nervous. Good thing we're at the end now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I always, you know, I try not to say it. But yeah, so thank you everybody for joining. I hope this conversation was valuable. Feel free to reach out to either of us on LinkedIn um, if you want to continue the conversation. Thank you, Jareen. Always good to have a conversation with you as well. Thank you so much. I had so much fun doing this. Yay. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Thursday and a good weekend. Bye.